there, and welcome to episode number 63 of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It is an absolute pleasure to be here yet again, 63 episodes. And guess what? This is kind of episode 63 and a half, because I've already had half a beer and two attempts at recording this podcast, neither of them up to standard. 15 minutes of unheard audio floating around on my laptop forevermore. Could you hear it? Maybe it'll end up on a Patreon one day. I really thought I might be in a position after a year to start a Patreon. I really thought after a year someone might pay for this. I just don't see it happening. I do not see it happening. I would love it. If you would pay me for this podcast, just send me money in the mail. Um, send me a DM. I'll give you my, I'll give you my address. And now, I'm just, and now I'm just really trading data for money, aren't I? I might as well just go do surveys online at this track. This track? This rate. Can you see why the first two episodes may not have worked? Can you understand? I don't know what it is. It's a bizarre thing about this podcast is some days it just rolls. I've had a good couple of weeks. I think it's because I was angry about things. I think it has something to do with my new nemesis, who is the one who uh, I spent a little bit of time bitching about last week and is living in my head rent-free every single day. I have blocked them. No, I haven't blocked them. I've done the other one. I've done the thing where you don't block them, but you, uh, you mute them and you archive them. All right, that's the, that's the smart move because that way you don't, nothing comes up from them. You don't see their stories, you don't see their, their posts, uh, but they also, then they don't know like, because the alternative is this person will be like, oh, has, has Tom deleted all of their social media midway through their Sydney Comedy Festival run? Seems like an odd move. They're not going to buy that. So I've muted. As far as they're aware, we're still, we're still cool. We're great. Inside, I'm seething. I am, ab- and, and, and I'll be honest, even though I have, tried to mute them and made them hard to access. I, I, check, I check the stories from time to time. I have a look to see how things are going. Just in case they, just start use, start, they decide to start using Instagram to tell the world harsh truths about how difficult their life is to make me feel better. Just in case. Who's to say that wouldn't happen? Why not? Oh, anyway. I'm going to be keeping... I'm going to be keep. I'm working on... There's a bit of a side project happening about to come to life. Let me just put it this way. By the end of 2023, this may not be... The only podcast that you hear Tom Woodcomb talking on. All right, that's, that's, that's a little bit of a teaser for you. Don't want to give too much away. I'm working on some stuff with some other people. Can you believe, imagine if it was another one of me just talking to myself. Wouldn't that be bizarre? I know I already have a podcast that is grossly ill-defined, which is just me talking to a microphone. But now I'm going to do that again. Well, why don't you just release them under the same banner? No, 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 no. Different podcast. Same concept, same person, same time. No, it's going to be with people, and what a relief that will be. Serious, I am so... Oh, God, what am I... Oh. Every now and then, it's kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like Memento. You know that movie Memento, that Christopher Nolan film about the guy who has the short-term memory, and he keeps... He, every now and then, he wakes up, he's like, wait, wait, where am I? What's happening? Where, where have I been this whole time? That's how I feel recording this podcast. I'm like, wait, what's... what's hap- why am I here? What's happening? And if you don't think this is weird, if you, can't, if you can't get your head around how odd this is, do me a favor. In just a second, um, hit pause on your Spotify or Apple podcasts right now and go and talk to yourself for 35 minutes about just about nothing and see how it goes and see how you feel afterwards. Tell me that everything in your prefrontal cortex in, in, the, in the most developed part of your brain isn't going, what is happening? Are we going insane? Is there, a, is, there, is there schizophrenia in here that I haven't heard about yet? Would you, would you know? Would you even know if you've gone crazy? Maybe that would make this easier. 
it would just be about turning turning the podcast mic on at the right times and let it all take care of itself. So go ahead and have, give that a go. Try it, try it, just try it. See how it goes. See how you feel about yourself afterwards. Oh, but it is a pleasure to be here. You know what I would love is I'm 63 episodes deep. I'm 63 episodes in. To show some respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. You know, I really did think, I really did think, does that, did you hear that? Did you hear the, that, that's not the sound of me deflating uh, an air balloon. That is the sound of me sitting down. It took me five minutes, but I did it. I really thought after the last two or three episodes, I thought standing up was the problem, was the solution. I thought I had a couple of good episodes that I, told, I, I uh, performed while standing and I was like, this is it. This has been the missing piece the whole time, is engaged quads. That's what I needed to get the most out of this podcast. And today, I stood for the last two records. It didn't work. It wasn't doing it for me. And now I'm like, you know what? Let's just sit down, Tom. Let's just sit down. Does it feel, does it feel lower energy already? Does it, should I stand? I'm back up. All right. I, I think it might have been. I think it, it, I may have not given the standing quite enough time. The chair is nearby if I need it. Um, what I would really love is just to take the first 62 episodes of this podcast and just run it through some kind of AI machine. You know how people keep doing stuff with AI that seems really basic, like as in just the output seems so simple? How many songs have you been doing what I've been doing, which is just looking at what songs people have decided to make Kanye West sing on YouTube? What a time to be alive. Listening to Kanye West sing Paul McCartney's Yesterday? And then listening to Paul McCartney sing Kanye's West N-Words in Paris. Have you guys seen... Oh, I, can I find this clip? I saw one of the greatest clips of all time recently. I don't know if my... I'm not sure how well this will work. Okay, I think I figured it out. Let's see. Here we go. Why do you think the song Niggas in Paris is called Niggas in Paris? Because Niggas was in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Now, tell me he's not a musical genius. Tell me he doesn't deserve a second chance after that. That was Kanye West if he didn't pick up on it. Now, I want, I'm hoping that they, someone can find a way to make AI where, uh, Kanye, where Paul McCartney answers that question. It would only be fair. If Kanye West gets to sing yesterday, I think Paul McCartney gets to tell us why N-Words in Paris was called N-Words in Paris. <laughs> it's not as fun when you've got to say N-Word, isn't it? It'd be so much more fun if I could just say it with reckless abandon. I don't think I've said it. I don't think I've said it on this podcast. I've definitely played it a few times now. <laughs> I don't know if I ended up including it. There was a video recently of a uh, guy on Reddit who put up a, a rap battle where a, a white guy was rap battling it, a black guy. And uh, he goes, oh, pe- people tell me that I can't use the N-word. Well, and then he says it and he gets smacked in the face immediately. And, uh, I mean, just the instinct of it. you gotta, you got to admire it. Um what I would love to be able to do in this kind of AI era where everyone seems to be able to do everything and it doesn't seem very hard, and it probably is, really. I can't imagine it's as easy as just plugging Abbey Road into uh, some kind of website and go, hey, uh, can you now do uh, <laughs> uh, Run the Throne? Is that what it's called? The Kanye and Jay-Z album? Hey, can we just... Could you just uh, take... Uh, <laughs> just take Abbey Road and turn it into the college dropout. That'd be great, please. Or late registration, whatever. You get in these references? These are, these, are, these are albums, people. These are albums by the artists that I've been referring to. What if, and hear me out, I don't know if we have any nerds listening. If we do, could, could someone please just tell me the feasibility of this? 
could we just run the first 62 episodes of Show Some Respect to Tom Whitcomb is Talking through some kind of AI generator and just just bulk record like 100 episodes that I could just start slowly leaking out? Is that possible? It, it feels possible. I don't feel like the, the formula for this podcast is anything that ChatGPT couldn't understand, given enough time. It's pretty much, it's 10 minutes of complaining about having to do this podcast despite it being my decision to do so. Then it's 10 minutes of talking about things that happened at low-stakes Sydney open mic comedy gigs. And then it's uh, five minutes of covert bitching about a comic who, ideally you wouldn't be able to work out who it is, but you probably could if you know all the references. And then it's just um, reading out headlines from the Daily Mail for 15 minutes, and then you're done. Tell me ChatGPT can't work that out. How hard could it possibly be? I would have to, I guess... Maybe what I need to do is, because it would need to have the context of bad comedians in Sydney comedy, which wouldn't take long to pick up. If we can find a way to get recordings of just a couple Sydney rooms uh, with a few different lineups, then it could probably work out, and I would just have to label them appropriately. (coughs) Or I could just, uh, you know what, I know who the people are. I'll just load in the Instagram content of the people. Um, By the way, I don't know if anyone's even... uh, Keep, how would you be able to keep track of this? Only I can. Episode 59 of the podcast, um, doing gangbusters. Most successful episode of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking for, since I started talking. And um, I think, for those unaware, episode 59 was where I, I spent two minutes talking about a Sydney comedian in, in ways that I thought were far more secretive than in hindsight they were. It was pretty easy to work out who I was talking about. And um, boy, did it drum up a storm amongst nobody uh, you know, it drummed up a real storm amongst people who were listening to my podcast for all the wrong reasons. No, it, it was not going to create any fans. At best, it was going to reassure people who already didn't like me um, about their uh, them being correct to do so. But it has made me think, you know, if you're a sponsor of the podcast, me undies can't tell the difference. You know, menu log. If menu log's looking for a sponsor, they, they can't tell the difference. All they see is a view count. They don't need to know how many of those views came from people who were doing it purely to spite me. So here's what I'm going to do. I think every episode I just need to make some kind of reference to a a comedian in Sydney. Make it vague enough that no one can confirm or deny who it was. That was my problem last time. I made it too too clear. If I could just make it a little bit more vague where no one can really get too indignant about it. But also make it descriptive enough that people can really start guessing. That way... It's going to draw people into the podcast. The numbers will rise. Um, that's the only way I see this this podcast really continuing on this on this bit of hot momentum. So I uh, did, did a gig this week, and uh, one of the comedians didn't do very well. And I'll tell you this, I wasn't surprised. Is that enough? I think that's enough. So, okay, go, go and work out what gigs I did this week. Um, I'm sure there's some loser open micer in Sydney who has enough time to do this. Uh, probably the one who... I was referring to last time. Go, go and go and work out what gigs I was on this week, and then work out the lineups. Um, if you can, try and work out what time I arrived and what time I left, and um, and then uh, and, and then try, make a list of all the comedians who are on there, and get in touch with all of them. Get in touch with every comedian that you think uh, could I could have been referring to, um, just the bad ones. You'll know which ones they are, and uh, and let them know, and then they'll all listen. And they'll speculate, they'll tell their friends and, and they'll listen to it. And then someone will post something snide on Instagram about me. 
Um, and then people will DM and say, who's this about? And then they'll tell them, uh, you know, because yes, they didn't use my name in the original post, but they'll tell anyone who wants to ask about it because they're cowards. And um, and then the numbers will go through the roof. And, and, then, and then I'll get over what happened uh, two weeks ago. That seems fair, right? That seems, that seems fair enough. <sighs> I do have a new nemesis in comedy, and it's, it's that person. And, God. I've, I've tried, I've tried. I've tried to wipe them from my memory. You know, there's that, did I bring this up last time? There's that famous Mad Men scene where Don Draper's in the elevator with the junior copywriter and the junior copywriter's having a big go at Don Draper about stealing his work or something. And the junior copywriter looks at Don Draper and he says, you know, I feel sorry for you. And Don Draper looks at him and goes, I don't think about you at all. Which is just so great. And it became a big meme and stuff. And that's, that's the energy that I would love to embody. But no, I, I'm, uh, if I'm Don Draper, I'm thinking about that junior copywriter and nothing else from then on. I've thought about taking one of the, the uh, back and forths that I had with this person uh, and putting it as my background on my phone just as a reminder because I think spite will get me further in comedy than anything else. Um, well, it's got me an extra four minutes in this podcast, so that's, that's good. Uh, what else can I talk about? Look, Sydney Comedy Festival, well underway. I mean, it's been well underway for weeks. My Sydney Comedy Festival... One of three shows is over. Show two tonight, show three on Sunday, and then we are done. Thursday night was good. That's probably the apt word for it. It was good. It was it was fine. I had a video record. I'm trying to put out another special. Um, I did Ignorant last year. I'm going to do Problematic this year. Uh, and if I do put it out, will not be Thursday night, I'll tell you that. Because I was good, but gee, crowd, Okay. Bridget, if you're listening, you and your mates, pretty good. Everyone else, fine. Just just hesitant, you know. It's not it's not anyone's fault. It's funny how it just happens sometimes. But it's just not the not the rousing response I've been hoping for. So hopefully tonight is the night. Tonight's the night we capture it. It goes great. I've got a very good videographer working on it. The same uh, lady who did um, Ignorant last year. She's fantastic. Her name's Tori. She's a very, very talented videographer, great editor, great camera operator. She's going to do a great job. Um, and I'm going to do a great job. So it's just down to the crowd now. So let's, we'll see how they go. It's funny. I was at the comp, when I was at the factory theater for the festival. I'm wandering around, and just the strongest smell of weed just kind of filled the air. And then I'm pretty sure I realized it came from one of the people who was working there. I'm pretty sure because they when they were near me, I was chatting to one of them, and they just they smelled like. My my friend Jim's uh, granny flat when we were twenty two, um, and I I really love I love that smell by the way it does it's it's all the nostalgia of when I used to smoke without any of the anxiety of what the next day was like. <sighs> if you'd have told me, and this is what I was thinking, because I think the reason I think the reason that it smelled that way, well, I don't know, I because now we have. M- m- Medicinally legal marijuana in Australia. And like I, my mate got given a prescription and he got given like a vape pen and the doctor made a big point of being like, oh, well, and don't worry, it doesn't smell. You, so you can do it at work if you need. If you're feeling overwhelmed at work, you can do it. So now we have doctors prescribing marijuana to deal with work stress. So in theory, if that guy was just token on a joint in the middle of his shift He's just he's just taking his medication, really. Would you would you get it mad at a diabetic for shooting up? You can't can't do it, can't fire him for that. And so, is this just what we're going to deal with now that 
workplaces are occasionally going to smell like weed because someone has an anxiety disorder and the number of a not very good GP? I presume so. <coughs> um, if you'd have told me when I was 22 years old that 10 years later, New South Wales would have medicinally legalised marijuana that is easy to get and I wouldn't have any. I would not have believed you. I can't believe... Yes. I, there is an alternative world where I never meet my partner and I am just still smoking, still super anxious all the time and still in absolute denial that those two things are connected. But no, here I am having half a beer recording a podcast like a dork. I thought I thought about I want to I whenever you listen to like the Joe Rogans of the world talking about marijuana as medicine I want to believe it so badly but I just I just don't think so. I don't think so. Anyway, two more gigs, two more gigs coming up. The Sydney Comedy Festival and then that kind of feels like a little bit of a little bit of a milestone, a little bit of an end of the road for a little while at least. Melbourne done, Adelaide done, Sydney done. Might do a couple of gigs. I'm still planning to get down, get up rather to Brisbane in uh, the next couple of uh, next couple of months. Maybe Wollongong, maybe Newcastle, uh, just to round out the uh, the old performances. Just to get my way around the, the big eastern cities. Uh, Perth, you're too far away. If there's anyone from Perth listening, let me know, and I'll see if I change my mind. But I just don't think so. Every now and then I get a message from someone who's like, hey, when are you coming to Bulgaria? I'm like, fucking never, realistically. You know, why would I? Anyway, I really like, I've been to Bulgaria, it's nice. But for comedy, I can't sell tickets in Adelaide. What are my chances in Sofia, you know? Seriously. Anyway, a couple of stories, a couple of news stories to get to before we round this out. It's It might be a short one today. Guys, it's one of those days. It's just, it's one of the, what else has even been happening? My in-laws have COVID right now. My, my fiance's mother and her partner and she's 65 and he's 71. And I got to say, it's the first time I've been like, is this terrible news? Should we be worried? Is this going to affect my Sydney comedy festival dates? <laughs> May 18th. Uh, well, if she, if she is to get very ill. Let's hope it's not on May 18th, May 20th, or May 21st, because I will be at the Factory Theatre from 9.30pm. Tickets on sale now. It's too late for that. I've done all the promoting. I've done so much promoting. I've put out so many reels. So many reels. So little time. That little blue check mark on my Instagram, not doing nearly as much for my career as I was promised it would. Um, i got two news stories I want to talk about, and then we're going to get out of here. Um... So where should I start? Should I start with international or domestic news? I'll start with domestic news. This is something a listener informed me of. I think I'd seen it. I think I'd seen it around the traps. Um, maybe they talked about the project or something. But has everyone seen this story about the 95-year-old woman getting tasered by New South Wales police? Has everyone gotten around this? What a... What a the Batuta Advocate couldn't have written a headline nearly as ridiculous or engaging as this. Claire Nowland, New South Wales Police Division decision to taser a 95-year-old woman leaves community gobsmacked. I mean, if you'd have told me, what's what is the most what is the most surprising of adjectives that you can use to describe Claire Nowland to then find out that she got tasered from the police? Is it? 95-year-old woman or white? 
Because all of those things, you've got to think, it's the, the odds, the odds of getting tasered by the police just shrink to an, I can only imagine, infinitesimal probability as those adjectives stack up. 95-year-old white woman tasered by police. None of that story makes sense. <laughs> this is from The Guardian. The first line opens this. About a week ago, Claire Nowland was in a hospital bed, knitting needles nearby, chatting with one of her daughters and Kuma's local parish priest, Mark Croker. you got to love that. Because obviously even The Guardian's like, we need to set up the fact that Claire Nowland uh, did not have this coming in case the words 95-year-old white woman wasn't already enough to be like, well, this seems irregular. <laughs> I have some follow-up questions about this. Now, look, 95-year-old white woman in a retirement village gets tasered by police. I'm not one for victim blaming, okay? I want to I pin my flag, flag to the mask early. I don't regularly have to ask this question, but I think you've got to ask, what did she do? What was she wearing? <laughs> was she wearing an all-cops-are-bastards T-shirt? Because, I mean, this is, these are the questions you need to ask when you're doing a th- conducting a thorough investigation of a 95-year-old woman getting tasered by police. What? I mean, this was one of these stories that I saw, and I, I, it was almost too ridiculous to have follow-up questions. Because there is still... Okay, so this is this is what she did. I, listen to this. In the early hours of the morning at the council-run Yalambi Lodge aged care facility, police used a taser on Nowland, apparently due to the risk that posed to their safety. Now, their safety. I am going to presume that means uh, several police and not a nine, non-binary cop. I'm presuming that's what they mean. All right? When they say <laughs> the risk posed to their safety. If it was one non-binary police officer up against a 95-year-old Claire Nowland, look, then I'm, I'm going to ask some questions. Then I'm, I'm open to maybe tasering was the safest solution. If it's more than one police officer, I'm starting to think that maybe they shouldn't have tasered this gentrified... Gent, no, not gentrified. What's what I'm looking for? Geriatric. Oh, imagine if I'd gotten geriatric first time. Imagine if I, I, I thought about going back and editing, but I was like, no, I said it in the middle of the thing. It's going to be too hard. In the early hours of the morning, uh, Nowland, who suffers dementia and weighs 43 kilos. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Again, there's another light. <laughs> 95-year-old, 43-kilo white woman in a in an aged care facility, was advancing on them at a slow pace with a walking frame, (laughs) but also holding a serrated steak knife, according to police. So, in defense of the police, a walking frame and a steak knife, not one but two weapons on Glenn Howland's dementia 43-kilo person. It is getting harder and harder to defend the police, isn't it? It is... It is getting very, very difficult to take their side on just about anything, isn't it? They can't. I mean, they just, at least if they picked a side. Oh. People don't know what to do with this story because it doesn't really reinforce. You know, it, re, it reinforces a completely different stereotype with police because I think for the longest time the stereotype with police was they are uh, thugs and potentially racist. And now we have to deal with the fact that they're also pussies. Multiple cops couldn't deal with 45 kilo, 95 years old, knife-wielding, yet walking frame-requiring Claire Nowland. 
Oh, man. And they couldn't finish the job. She's fine. It's such a, it's such, it's such, it's, it's just not a great story for it. No one comes out of this story great except for the listeners of this podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I should have brought this up earlier. This has really raised my spirits. This was fun to talk about. Um, <laughs> Croker says he was left gobsmacked when he heard the news. It does leave you rather gobsmacked as to what happened, he said. My role is to walk with my community now. <laughs> she had a walking frame, but she had a knife. That's a direct quote from a policeman, by the way. You should leave the walking frame part out of the story. It would not be the first time that a cop has covered over a little bit of evidence. I think the fact she had a walking frame, that's the thing that they should have done. They should have, repla- they should have planted a gun on her person instead of the knife, and they should have buried the walking frame, and this whole story just blows over. 43 kilo. <laughs> But heavily armed, Clan Allen. Then you go, fair enough. You got to taser her. You got to put her down immediately. Serrated steak knife on walking frame. I don't. I think it's hard to justify. The other day, I was uh, at the cafe up the road from my house, and in front of me, ordering were two men, police officers, the biggest couple of dorks I've seen in my life. At least when you see a police officer with a neck tattoo and some real attitude issues, you go, yes, okay, I understand. You got you got caught you got quit from your bouncing job because you beat up one patron a little bit too heavily. So you come and you join the boys in blue. That's fair enough. When you look like most of your military training began and ended on Call of Duty, I just don't think you should get a badge. Apparently, it takes six months. It takes six months to learn to, to be a cop in the Australian Federal Police. That's a that's a quote uh, from a fact. Oh, sorry, it's a fact I, I heard in a TikTok video. And uh, am just presuming is accurate. Well, look, thoughts and prayers to Claire Nowland. I don't know if she's a listener. I like to think so. She's got plenty of time to listen to podcasts while she's recovering from being tasered by multiple police officers. Um, if you're listening, Claire, and you can get out for Sunday, feel free to, to get in touch with me for a comp to my show tomorrow. <laughs> oh, man. Bad time to be... well. Bad time to defend the cops. Pretty good time to be a cop. You get to taser whoever you want, apparently. Um, New South Wales Police Commissioner says she won't watch a video of Claire Nowlin, 95, being tasered. That's good. That's fair. What, is, what does that mean? Says it's not necessary that I actually view it <laughs> as Nowlin remains in Cooma Hospital. Man. Even the commissioners are morons. Why, why, why say it? Just tell them you're going to watch it. What are they going to... No one's going to check. They're not going to quiz you for details. How big was the knife, madam? It was pretty big. Next question. All right. That was the first story, and I'm glad I talked about it. Here's the other story. From abroad, another fan of the podcast got in touch with this. Big thanks to you to James. Am I saying that right? James, uh, for getting in touch with this news story. James is a good mate of mine. He lives in the UK. He lives in a suburb called Bermondsey, and near Bermondsey is the world-famous Millwall Football Club. Um. I went, you may recall, long-time listeners of the podcast may recall me talking about my experience at a home game at Millwall Football Club and being really so very afraid for my safety, despite not really having anything to draw the ire of these fans. I just, uh, you never know. You never know. There was so much teeth grinding happening at a home football game. It It was something else. Well, what I did not know about Millwall Football Club, is one of the fans 
is a goddamn national hero in the United Kingdom. Does the name Roy Lana mean anything to you? No? Well, perhaps this one does. The Lion of London Bridge. Roy Lana was on London Bridge on a fateful day in 2017 where there was a, a knife attack by three jihadists wearing fake suicide belts. Uh, Roy Lana roared, fuck you, I'm Millwall, while throwing punches at three steroid-using jihadis who slashed at him while wearing fake suicide belts. Just put that through your mind right now. Do you have that much pride for your suburb? Would you find yourself being viciously attacked by three would-be terrorists and you I am Bondi Junction. No. That is, the, that is a level of pride that only exists in working-class suburbs. Maybe I am Campbelltown. Maybe that would work. Maybe I am Penrith. I could see that. That's fair. Maybe just... I don't think in white, upper-middle-class suburbs we're all, we're all a little... Well, either... Either you're never going to get in an altercation with a terrorist because you have too much to lose, or... Uh, you have at least a little bit of shame of just how gentrified your suburb is. Um, so this is what I love about this story. So this is the story. Roy Lana, who is 54, um, got in this altercation with three jihadists on London Bridge. He took them on single-handedly while screaming at the top of his lungs about his favourite suburb where he's from. Um, and he has been waiting since that time to receive a medal, the George Medal for Bravery. That is what he is waiting for. However, he has not received his medal yet. Do you know why? That's because Roy has been involved in several racist incidents, which is likely why he's never received an award. These include convictions for racially aggravated common assault and religiously aggravated harassment for an expletive rant in his local MP Neil Coyle's office. Now... What? How racist does one need to be to no longer be a hero in 2023? In, in, in the mid-20th century, you could be as racist as you want. In fact, it probably helped if you wanted to be a hero. Um, in this day and age, apparently, <laughs> one of the conditions uh, for heroic medallions is uh, diversity and acceptance of equality. Uh, which is not a line Roy is willing to cross. Now, I'm very conflicted about all of this, because on the one hand, Roy took on three knife-wielding jihadists who were under the age of 94 and not white women. <laughs> These were steroid-using, well in advance of 43 kilos each. He took them on. In fact, maybe we need to get Roy Liner a job at the New South Wales Police, because he, he... Well, he might still have attacked... Uh, old Clan Allen, but uh, he would have done it with his fists and he would have yelled out, I am Millwall, and it would have all been worthwhile. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have reached for the taser like a pussy. But um, <laughs> here's my other thought. What Roy did get to experience is just to uh, openly bash three Arab men in the middle of London and be called a hero for it. Is that not enough, Roy? Roy, if I had given you that deal at the start, sure, you got stabbed for it and ended up in intensive care, but you did get to live out a childhood dream of yours. <laughs> Millwall, by the way, Millwall Football Club, uh, famously, 
immediately after the Black Lives Matter protests in uh, in the US, when football players were taking a knee before the game, the Millwall <laughs> Millwall faithful booed their team for taking a knee before the game, which just goes to show if you've ever seen a movie or TV show about football hooliganism, whoever the bad guys were, they were Millwall. Okay, Green Street hooligans, the bad guys, Millwall. That is just the way it works. These are the guys. This is the reason I can... And look, God forbid, I can see a world where I go to another Millwall game because it is very fun in a Louis Theroux sort of way. But, um, I mean, God forbid anyone from that... I don't, I'm thinking if anyone from the football club heard this, would they get angry at me or would they just be like, yep, that's us. That is us. We're not a fan of them and we'll let you know about it. And they, they could get in the Premier League. They're, they're in the championship. They're not far off. When you get in the Premier League, when you're in the top flight division of, of uh, European and uh, British football, I'm afraid if you want to enjoy any success, you're going to have to put racism to one side because I'm afraid a team of 11 white people is not going to get you very far in the English Premier League. I don't know how much sport you guys watch. That's not a very wise footballing philosophy. Um, not, to, <laughs> not to imply that it's a wise social philosophy either, but you know what I'm saying. This is why football crosses boundaries because... At the end of the day, if you want your team to go well, you're probably going to need at least a few people of different diverse cultures and backgrounds. Um, and isn't that beautiful? Uh, we, I think this is the end of it. I think it's, we had some good times. Should have gone to the new stuff earlier. That was fun. Look, I think that's the end of the podcast. Hey, if you're a new listener and you're stuck around, good for you. I know I've, I've spoken to a few people from all over the world who I've pushed this podcast on, so hopefully you're listening. Maybe some from Millwall. Let me know. Hey, do you guys know why the song N-Words in Paris is called N-Words in Paris? You do now. Because you listen to Show Some Respect. Tom Williams, I hope you have a great week. And I'll be back this time next week with more of the same. So have a good one. See ya.